this is not the control board. This is my voice. I was gonna say, I, sorry, Darren, yeah. your your jingle, you're out of work in that sense because I have a soundboard and we can play whatever we want now, which we didn't do. This is the classic example of technology taking people's <laughs> jobs, taking people's lifeline, lifeblood, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. some robotic machine wants to be cooler at saying shaken and disturbed yep. than me. But welcome to Shaken and Disturbed. I'm Darren Carp, and I'm here with John Thrasher right now. Um, <laughs> I we're we're gonna get really get into this in the NMR. I think NMR should be strictly for discussing NMRs. But I gotta say, got so much good feedback from our last NMR with your bleep board mm-hmm. and how you just could not time it to my cursing. Right. Yep, like there that. we go. Yep. And um, but you also had like little microaggression things when oh. I would be like, oh, mother, I'd be like, motherfucker, and you'd be like. But then if I'd be like, but then I'd be like, motherfucker. You'd be yeah. like, mm, Listen, yes. it's a skill you in learning. It. You know, it's one of those things where the it more the more you cuss, frankly, the better I'm going to get at this. So why don't you just take that into, take that as a note and let's move forward. Can I, this <laughs> entirely just, because you say cuss and you never say curse, I, I think that's like. I think that's how we, like, where you grew up. Like, you're a product of, like, where yeah. you grew up as opposed to, like, it's, like, the difference between, like, saying y'all or not. Yeah. Did you ever say supper? Um, It was definitely, like, it's definitely a word I've said, but I think for me it was usually dinner. Okay. What about me you? Me too. Yeah? Okay. Me too. Supper's but a my southern friend across the street thing. Was, supper feels very, southern, like, yeah. Southern. I could be wrong Southern. though. I don't even know. But I will say this: there was when I was in um, college, I was a professional writing and editing major at West Virginia University, and we had to take a lot of like linguistics classes. And mm-hmm. I learned so much about dialect and accents. Uh, it's fascinating. My brother's girlfriend is a professor of linguistics at Columbia. Oh, ex- oh well, so I'll just I, sit I can't down. get anything by her. I yeah, can't that's get anything true. by her. Talk about doing a cross talk about doing Wordle with somebody <laughs> or a crossword? Get the hell out How's of here. How's Wordle I going, mean, like, by the way? It's going. going. <laughs> it's going. Um I got it six out of six today. It was, that was today was, was tough. Today I, was a little tough. Today mine was three though. But it took me a minute to oh. get to it. Yeah. That's fun for you. I will say, yeah. you know, we talked about this a little bit. Whenever we were discussing Wordle previously, I um, and we're gonna get to the case. By the way, we're just like catching up here with you guys listening because you're we're all family. We're friends and family here. I yes. ended up downloading the New York Times crossword puzzle app and paying five dollars a month for it, and I'm obsessed with it. I play it every single day. I'm not great at it, I'll be honest. But it's a skill you like build up on. For sure. And like my brother does the crossword with his girlfriend. Like every oh, you know, they do like the big Sunday ones. And so and they just my brother just has a better vocabulary. He was like better yeah. at English. I was better at math. Yeah. Um, he just has a very loquacious vocabulary, very whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to use words here. It's not even right. <laughs> That's a, but that he was always a, gets it clip. in like three. And he'll be like, and, you know, and when he beats me in it, yeah. he has like, like talk about somebody yeah. who is like I know you're not even humble bragging. He's just like, Darren, you're an idiot. You're getting it in six and I'm getting it in three. And I'm like, mother, <laughs> I'm like, mother <laughs> fucker. Thank you. Look at and that. Except there was no bleep. When yeah, I there's to no him in bleep part. in real life. No. But he's better than me, and I hate it. But uh, Wordle's going well, and we'll get more into Wordle on our NMR. I yeah. think we have to get into this week's case. What are you drinking? Go- 
Yeah. Well, I wanted to give a quick little plug before we even get into the drinks because Do it. our friend Danny Pellegrino, who yeah. if you don't know who Danny Pellegrino is, like what he are you doing? He invented the seltzer. <laughs> Pellegrino seltzer, yeah. Yeah, he invented it. He's a Bravo super fan. He has an amazing podcast called Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino. And now he is a published author, although I think he was technically an author before this but this is his own he's book he's written a bunch of stuff yeah i was gonna so say this is, i think his first own stuff yeah, yeah yeah and it's called how do i unremember this unfortunately true stories um by the way the first uh praise on the back of the book uh, darren is andy cohen who says danny pellegrino is a delight and so are his stories and obviously he's a friend of ours, a friend of the show. He promoted our show on his, which was so gracious and kind. And I love him so much. He's such much. a great and guy. Yeah. And he knows everything about pop culture. He does. Like it's he not really Bravo. is an encyclopedia. Encyclopedia is what Encyclopedia. He's an encyclopedia, bro. Uh, no, he's also he's just like a lovely man. He is he's just a lovely person, and he's so funny. And there's a reason he's so successful is because he really has a good product. So yeah. we encourage everyone to get the book. How do I unremember this? Unfortunate stories from Danny Pellegrino's uh, life. Am I correct about that? Un- basically, uh, basically. I mean, I haven't even gotten to it yet because I'm so excited to read it all in one sitting this weekend, potentially. But I can't believe you're going to read a book. That can says you believe? A lot. As we know, as we know on this show, you don't read a lot. I don't read books. And- yeah. That often. So this is going to be a big deal. Wow! Really but throwing while- me under the bus right here at the top of the show. Sorry. You can beep it out if you want. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> What are you drinking okay, um, I ac- to prep for the show? I accidentally opened it before we started. I'm just having LaCroix again. I know. Don't get on my ass about it. We're, I'm going to get do, drunk do we eventually. Have this? Is this the soundboard or is this me? Um, That is you and the soundboard, actually. So there you go. What about you? Yeah. What are you drinking over there? Well, I am classing it up today, and I'm having a beer, oh. and I'm having a Sierra Nevada. While also hydrating, because it's very important to hydrate That's as true. well as you are imbibing in the drinkage is. Yeah, John, I'm like microdosing my hydration, if you will, okay? Oh, and by the way, speaking of microdosing, we should mention these incredible THC gummies that I got. Oh my God, you guys, they're so good. And you know how much I love talking about my THC. You've probably heard of microdosing before. If you search around a bit on the internet, you'll find all sorts of people are kind of microdosing to feel healthier and perform better, you know, get a little creative. And our show today is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Listen, they not only give me a creative boost, I can enjoy the moment, I feel much, much less anxious, but as I'm winding down from a really stressful day of recordings, of being on air, it helps me sleep. Not only do I sleep longer, I just sleep deeper. They're so nice and they taste fantastic. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, just do a quick search online or go to microdosegummies.com and use code SHAKEN to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that's microdosegummies.com and use the code SHAKEN. Why don't we start today's episode? Okay, I'm hydrated. You're hydrated. I'm hydrated. I'm lydrated. I'm ready to go. Let's All right, great. Well, in 1979, young couple Kevin and Diana Green lived together in their apartment in Orange County, California. Uh, the mm-hmm. t- oh, and the two were expecting their first child, a daughter who they had already named Chantel Marie. On September 30th, 1970. By the way, already red flags are going up for me because we're in the 70s. 
I said this on a couple how, episodes ago. It's like there's nothing good happened in the 70s. How people live through the 70s. No is, one knows. Behooves me. Behooves me. It behooves us and all. And it's, it's one of those decades that's important to remember. Like when people think that the world, like when you go outside, you're just going to get like shot and murdered, abducted, get COVID, and the whole world <laughs> is like going to blow up into one flame. It's still yeah. better than the 70s. A hundred percent. Like we're. The world is better than this decade. I agree. Has to be. I agree completely. Yeah. Um, yeah, 70s, not a good time to be alive. Although if you made it out right. of the 70s, good job for you if you're listening. Yeah. Like good I job, said. Mom on, and dad. Yeah, that's right. On, by the way, I don't think we used behoove the right way, but it's fine. We'll just, we'll just bleep it. Yeah. Bleep it out. Yeah, bleep we'll it out. Bleep it. On September 30th, 1979, Diana, who was nine months pregnant and two weeks past her due date, was attacked in her home. Her attacker struck her in the middle of her forehead. Sometime Ooh. after, yeah, that's kind of brutal. Sometime after her attack, so Kevin. Re- woman, a nine-month pregnant woman, like, two this weeks is overdue. A woman who was showing, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometime after her attack, Kevin returned home to find his wife and rushed her to the hospital. After the attack, Diana remained in a comatose state for a full month. Wow, what happens to the baby when that happens? I know, like, do they force, you know, induce her or something? induce? Yeah. When she awoke, Diana had lost her ability to speak or communicate. She was later found to have suffered extensive brain damage, including amnesia. Oh, God. Just after the attack, Diana's medical team took a rape kit, which showed presence of semen, indicating Diana had, in fact, been sexually assaulted after being knocked out. I mean, this is worst case scenario. I mean, this is disgusting and sad. Well, when Diana was initially examined by the hospital's obstetrician, the doctor was able to hear a fetal heartbeat and didn't believe the unborn baby to be in distress. However, the baby girl's heartbeat did soon stop, which is heartbreaking. The doctors waited 24 hours for the condition of either Diana or her unborn baby to improve, but were eventually forced to perform a cesarean section to remove the stillborn fetus in order to protect Diana's life. I... I cannot even imagine, just as an aside here, like, and not being a parent, but um, do you know the show Siesta Key on MTV? I've heard of it. Yeah, I heard of it. It's kind of like The Hills, but it's, you know, in Florida or whatever. But anyway, long story short, I was talking to some of the cast members, and one of the cast members, um, I was talking about this girl, Madison. I said, you know, Madison is noticeably absent from the season, and I don't know if you heard, but she um, had a stillborn baby uh, Mm. a little while ago, and so she's, you know, with her family, and she's recovering with her husband in, in L.A., so she's not on the season. And I was talking to these girls about it, and just, like, the strength of Madison kind of going through something, and one of the girls described it, she's like, she went through something that no one can like prepare you for. And I'm not saying that right. we're prepared for like a parent to be murdered, but in, so, in, in, in a way, like it's so, it's so unnatural yeah. to have a stillborn baby. Like it just feels like it's about birth and growth and life. And right. this is everything that it isn't. It, it, it just, it's gotta be horrible. And I'm sure Kevin was utterly distraught because you're almost losing you know, even though his wife is in a coma, like you're still losing your your daughter by yourself because your wife is in a coma. So this is just tragic all around. I know. And to, by the way, do all of this just to save her life is probably its own level of, of scariness. Well, yeah, absolutely. initially, police suspected that Diana's attack may have been related to a string of other murders that had recently occurred in Orange County, but felt that they needed to pursue all possible angles of the case. See what, see what I'm saying? Orange County, the 70s. There's a string of murders. 
What? Who was born in the 70s in Orange County? My girlfriend. Oh, dear. And look. Oh, our lordy. Look where she is oh. now. Exactly. Hmm. Currently murdering me as <laughs> That's I record right, this as podcast. Record. That's uh, right. Breaking exclusive here. Well, authorities immediately questioned 20-year-old Kevin about his whereabouts during the time of the attack after they learned, which is, of course, I think, understandable at this point. Now, Kevin told police that at the time of the attack, he had been out at a nearby hamburger stand getting some food and that he returned <laughs> home to find Diana after she had been attacked. Remember hamburger like, stands? Like what? Are you? My mom and I have a thing where we always wanted to do like a cross-country road trip and go see like the biggest ball of twine. Oh, and, okay. And we love like little kitschy like yeah. diners and hamburger stands. So like that is my That's your vibe, vibe all okay. around. Yeah. Well, Kevin noted to authorities that as he returned home, he had noticed an unknown black man loitering around his apartment complex. Kevin's story was backed up by an employee of the hamburger stand who confirmed he had been there at the approximate time of the attack. I don't know how the story is going to go right now, okay? But all I'm saying is I wonder if, like, it would have been an unknown white man, would they have known it? Yeah. Like, I wonder, like, if race is going to play into this Let's call. See. Now, after questioning Kevin, police were even able to determine and note down that the food in his possession was still warm. So wow. he, he's got an alibi here. Yeah. Um, in, in spite of the overwhelming evidence that Kevin was not present at his apartment during the attack, police arrested him for Diana's assault. Seems odd. They, yeah, I thought they had to have probable cause. Yeah. Or... Kevin was charged with the attempted murder of his wife as well as assault with a deadly weapon. This Wait, what? is like this is like I have a lot of questions here. Already, like you can't yeah. ju- just because you don't have answers doesn't mean you can just make up one. <laughs> right. Like, okay, we're just making it up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I can't explain the universe, so a purple elephant must have just created it. Done okay. something. Great. Okay. There it is. I have no evidence for it, but it doesn't matter. There you go. Well, after being charged, Kevin insisted on undergoing a polygraph test where he claimed his innocence and he passes the test. Now, we know that only matters maybe to a certain extent because you can kind of learn to pass a, a, a polygraph test. Now, sure. the state of California chose to move forward with Kevin's prosecution and constructed a case based on this following evidence. Okay. Kevin and Diana had a long track record of bickering in front of their friends. Don't we Kevin all? Kevin even had a... Uh, right. Don't we all? <laughs> we all have those friends where we're like, Jesus, not again. Yeah. Kevin even had a habit of complaining to his friends that he and, I, he and Diana weren't able to have sex during the late stages of her pregnancy. Okay. Totally normal. Mm-hmm. Like, she's about to give birth to a fucking child. Okay. Diana, who was still suffering from a brain injury and unable to recall the attack testified that she and Kevin did get into a fight on the evening of her attack because she refused to have sex with him. Okay. Diana also testified that during the fight, Kevin had hit her on the head with a ring of keys. Now that's interesting there, that little nugget of stuff. Yeah, I mean, the, by the way, this is testif- test. She's testifying, so this isn't just a random thought. Um, it's a pregnant wife. He's pregnant wife. Right. And not only is he hitting her, he's hitting her with a ring of keys. I mean, this is... Not adding up well. Not looking good. No. Are you like me and you absolutely hate thinking about what's for dinner or going to the grocery store? Well, I'm so excited about Green Chef because they've eliminated all of these problems for me. Green Chef's pre-made and pre-measured sauces, dressings, and spices are going to get you more chef-curated flavor in less time. 
it's time to avoid those long lines at the grocery store because Green Chef is so convenient with pre-portioned, easy-to-follow recipes that are delivered right to your door. So no more spending hours and hours in a grocery store like I do, which I hate, because everything's coming to you ready to go to your door. Whether you're looking for carb-conscious, gluten-free, plant-based, or calorie-conscious options like I am, or you just want to have delicious, balanced dishes, Green Chef has flavorful, good-for-you recipes that are sure to satisfy. I just made the creamy pea risotto from Green Chef last night. It was so good. Just like everything they've sent me. Sometimes I, I like, you know, I go a little crazy. I pick something I wouldn't typically... Um, try yep i cook it it's the best thing i've ever had and i'm not just saying that aside from the everything being portioned out and ready to eat in one simple bag all of the meals are delicious if you have a busy schedule or kids or you just want a simpler way to deal with dinner you really need to get green chef and today's your lucky day because if you're a listener of our show we've got a discount for you go to greenchef.com slash shaken 130 and use code SHAKEN130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash SHAKEN130 and use code SHAKEN130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Get Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. While the prosecution called a psychiatrist to testify that Diana was a reliable witness in spite of her brain injury, because remember, she did have a significant brain injury, so they're going to need somebody to sort of evaluate whether she's in the right state of mind to even be testifying here. However, however, the defense was not allowed to have their own psychiatrist evaluate her ability to accurately recall the events leading up to her attack. Well, that's kind of interesting. It is worth noting okay. that while on the stand under oath, Diana had trouble spelling her own last name. Hmm. Listen, okay. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a medical doctor. But if you can't spell your own last name, I'm assuming everything thereafter is very likely questionable. What do you think? It's it, Well, it's hard to say because the, as we've talked about before, the brain is just such an interesting yeah. organ in that it like has its own self-defense mechanism. That's true. Yeah. And, you, and you can kind of remember things mm -hmm. from a, it feels like almost a different life that you're like yeah. i don't even know what day it was but i remember this specific thing that happened but i can't tell you what i had for breakfast it's so, so funny you say that yeah you know to some extent i think that could be true where she might have had this selective memory but kind of everything else after that is like blacked out but i do think in general because we're never going to be able to fully know I don't think that you can go on that as like conclusive evidence. I think that right. needs to be submitted with like a little asterisk of saying by reason of trauma and or yeah. injury, this might not, be, you know, it's like being under the influence. It's well, a little bit like, it's not like you're lying, but can we trust it? I don't know. And I think a judge has to look at that and say, okay, no, we're not going to have anything considered in this case. If she can't even spell her last name, like, but I don't know. That's the other thing. Like all the judges and their discretions with these cases over history. It's like it's so weird. State dependent. Yeah. So it's just, you know. Yeah. Well, Diana was the sole witness against her husband at this trial. In fact, the prosecution's entire case against Kevin hinged on her testimony due to the complete lack of any other evidence pointing towards Kevin being the attacker. On October 2nd, 1980, Kevin was convicted 
of the attempted murder and assault with deadly weapon charges against his wife and was sentenced to 15 years to life in prison. When asked about their ruling, jurors stated that they didn't find Kevin's alibi of being at the burger stand or his comment about the unknown black man outside of the building to be believable. Okay, well... But, like, beyond a reasonable doubt, yeah. like, I know that you want to solve this case, but, like, if the other person at the hamburger stand had an alibi and, like, okay, unknown black man, which still we don't even know if that has anything to do with the right. case yet. Like, yeah. that could have been a visitor in the building or whatever yeah. for all we know. Like, I, I, I don't get it. They're just going by emotional feelings towards this? Like... They feel like he would have done this, so therefore he did it. Like, this is just bad jury. Uh, Yeah, it really is. Kevin's defense team appealed the conviction multiple times, too, but it remained upheld by the court. Uh, Throughout his time in prison, Kevin was reportedly a model inmate and worked as a warden's secretary where he helped give prison tours to college students, coordinated the prison Christmas party, and vehemently maintained his innocence. I didn't even know they had Christmas parties or holiday parties in prison. Yeah, I didn't. (laughs) Good for them. Yeah, me neither. Well, during his time in prison, Kevin repeatedly petitioned to have a DNA test. That's right, because remember, there was semen found uh, performed on the semen sample collected from Diana's rape kit. However, he was unable to raise money for the tests. Like. What? That's incredible. I don't understand how this isn't part of the trial, but okay, in 1990. Right, like why wouldn't that be evidence submitted in there? But, you know, maybe they didn't have the technology and then he's in, you know, prison for a certain time and that comes out. But like still, how does this not. That seems like a pretty, like, why couldn't it just be someone's dad who's doing this crime? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, get ready for this, because in 1990, or as I used to say, 1990. 1990. That's a throwback. um, The state of California created a sex offender DNA database. And in 1996, okay, decades later, the DNA profile from the evidence in Diana's rape kit was finally processed. And the rape kit DNA was not, I feel like I'm Mari right now, was not a match to Kevin. And instead, uh, a match turned up for a 38-year-old man named Gerald Parker. Now, Gerald was a former Marine who was born in 1955 to a family of 11 children. His mother had passed away during childbirth in 1963 when Gerald was just eight years old, after which time he lived with his grandmother for five months before being sentenced to juvenile detention facility for glue sniffing. Glue sniffing. Is that like huffing? Is that like... I have some glue here. Let me see if I'll get in trouble. Oh, no. It's just nail polish remover, but I'll sniff it too. I don't know. you're going to go to like juvie for that? That's weird. After he was released from the facility, Gerald and one of his brothers moved to San Diego to live with a relative where he continued using harder and harder drugs and was eventually expelled from high school for theft. Gerald joined the Marines in 1973 and was transferred to a base in Alaska where he worked his way up to sergeant. And in February of 1980, Gerald abducted a 13-year-old girl in Tustin, California. He raped her, but let her go without harming her further. I know that seems kind of light for me to say. I just kind of meant... It was the rape, and he didn't kill her. Like, that, you know. Gerald was convicted of the girl's rape and was forced to resign Forced to resign from the Marines, thank God. And he was sentenced to eight years in prison, during which time he attacked his cellmate by hitting him over the head with a blunt object and inflicting serious injuries. After his release from prison in 1987, Gerald fell off the grid and made his living primarily through robberies and theft. Okay. 
he was arrested several times for his crimes and at some point in the mid-90s was forced to give a blood sample. Well, by the way, we should mention that's not a way to make a living, folks. Robberies and theft. Well, the truth of the matter is it is. For people I mean, it is, I know. But. There are some, you know, there are tragic situations where some mm -hmm. people and some kids, you know, depending on how they grew up, the only way they can get food is by robbing other people's homes. Yeah. And, you know, it is a little bit of a product of your environment there. Well, so he was forced to give a blood sample at some point in the mid-90s, and the blood sample was added to the DNA database and was matched to Diana's attack when the evidence from Kevin's case was processed. Hmm. Diana's was not the only attack linked to Gerald. In fact, authorities were able to match Gerald's blood sample to DNA in six different murder cases that took place throughout 1979. 21-year-old Kimberly Rollins, 31-year-old Marilyn Carlton, 24-year-old Deborah Kennedy, 17-year-old Deborah Lynn Sr., and 17-year-old Sandra Fry. And not only that, like, not only that, because I'm sure now Diana, like, who kind of helped assisting putting her husband in jail when he didn't do this, not only did she lose her baby, yeah. she was in a coma, Kevin lost part of his life by going to jail, and this guy is walking free after having potentially murdered six to seven people. Yeah, it's maddening. I mean, you know, it's also maddening for us sitting in 2022 knowing how some of this stuff could have been easily solved. But you do have to kind of put yourself in that time frame. I mean, the late 70s, DNA was very new. DNA sampling, I should say, and testing. And totally. it's like, I don't know. It's just all this stuff that could have been avoided so easily is just like part of what I think people really accepted. I mean, I think it would be better to let, to, to convict somebody if they are actually, like obviously perfect crime is like, we convict the person who actually did the fucking crime and they serve right. their time and justice is served. Then the other part of it is like, well, we want to solve this crime, so let's let's wait until we have enough evidence to prosecute and actually solve this case correctly. Yeah. And then there's the which I also think is a good thing. And then there's sure. this third option which the cops took, which is like, well, we want to solve this crime, so let's just take somebody and put them in prison the, and yeah. like call it a day. Yeah, yeah. So that way, just people lose their lives, but people can sleep at night knowing somebody was caught, well, even though it was the wrong fucking person. Well, you know what comes to mind? Late seventies, Southern California, Golden State Killer. Yeah. It makes you wonder, like you know, especially at this time in history, in American history specifically, how many of those cases are they associating to the Golden State Killer? Who I think it was like. 74 to early 80s he was active so this is all happening alongside him this is what i'm saying get out of california if if you're listening to this from the past and you've got a time machine get out of california now but also if you're listening to this in the past invest in apple invest in apple immediately <laughs> invest in apple and yeah. think of an electric vehicle. Vehicle, yeah. And the fact that podcasts are happening on your iPhone, you should, you gotta wonder what the fuck They're, is happening. They don't right know now. what an iPhone is. Just invest in Apple. Just That's a, all we're, just invest in Apple. There's a company Apple. called Apple. Go. Invest in it. Don't right. ask questions. That's right. Don't ask questions. <laughs> um, Oh my God, we could really run with that joke, but let's get yeah, back okay. to the yeah. story here. Well, police brought Gerald in for questioning on June 14th, 1996. By the way, is, um, it, what's this? I'm already forgetting this guy's name, the other guy that's in jail. Is he just sitting in jail? Kevin? Yeah, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Gerald initially denied having anything to do with the murders, but after two days of interrogation, confessed to all six of them. Wow. By the way, listen. If there's a DNA match to six murdered women and you have a history of rape, 
You're going to jail, buddy. He stated. I hope. Yeah, but you would hope so. But another guy already served his time for a crime he didn't commit. That's so right. It's like nothing's perfect here, Jesus. And he stated positively that he had broken into the homes of all of his victims, struck them in the head, and raped them. Diana's was the fourth attack in the series of seven. At the time, authorities had suspected all the attacks were linked and had even nicknamed the attacker the Bedroom Basher. Which I do not like that that rhymes with my last name. I'm just throwing that out there a little bit. Bedroom, John Thrasher? The Bedroom Thrasher. Don't. Just don't. Yep. It's there. After admitting, after admitting to the killings, uh, Gerald seemed genuinely remorseful, actually, stating, quote, I believe there is a man on death row, Kevin, because of something that I did. Out of all the murders and the crimes that I committed over the years, that was the one that bothered me the most. Now don't ask me why. End quote. So he's saying... After torturing, raping, and murdering these six other women, the one that bothered him the most was the man sitting on death row. Now, we can break that down in what, however way you want, but... Yeah, and I don't know... I don't know if this is, like, a gendered thing or not. Like, I don't know if it's no, yeah, like yeah. a man. You know, like, I don't know. I think, you know, we can make conjecture over whether or not it was. To me, this says that, like... I don't know that he had I don't feel empathy for this fucking piece of shit guy at all I, I I don't feel anything for him but I sort of understand the fact that he's like someone else was serving like it's one thing if he got away with it but yeah. I don't think he wanted anyone else to like take the hit for him either yeah you know like there maybe that's like a code or something in his mind of just like this yeah as silly as it is, as shitty as it is, he's like, I just don't want any other, like, it's one thing for me to get away with it and not being caught, but I don't necessarily want anyone else. Like, it's it's the, it's my oath, my whatever it is. Yeah, code one of, the, of life. Yeah, one of the things I've noticed over the years doing this show is that a lot of these killers have a strategy or a game plan. And if somebody else falls victim to that, they actually do feel a weird sense of remorse about that. And it yeah. makes you want to just jump into the mind of these killers and be like, but there's six other people dead. Like, have you thought about that? It's just very it odd. It reminds me of the people who like want to lose weight and they're like, they're like, I'm going to have just like one burger at McDonald's with fries, but I'm going to die a Coke. It's like, I have a boundary. You know, my boundary is I don't mind murdering six women, but I do not want this guy to go to prison for the shit that I committed. I feel That's like I'm the the cheeseburger and Diet Coke person. But I didn't whatever. I want to say it. But yeah, no, Listen, I'm not getting Diet Coke. But I'm drinking a LaCroix. <laughs> I'm not drinking Diet Coke to lose weight. I'm drinking it because it tastes good. Anyway. No. Well, me too. Hello. That's right. You've got yours yes. right there. Hello. Well, yeah. on June 21st, 1996, Kevin was exonerated by the courts after spending nearly 17 years in prison. The presiding judge wept as he apologized to Kevin and told him that he was allowed to go free. You know what? Good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that there's a judge with a backbone who's thinking, by the way, I'm not saying judges don't have backbones as a, as a train, train goes by. Like what? Like, can we, I literally I'm, thought I'm you were like speaking, putting in the switchboard, like you were going to play like Oscar music over the speech that you were about oh. to make. And I was like, Oh, I kind of like that idea actually. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> um, let me. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to jump back in it, here, but essentially, I'm saying, good. I'm glad that a judge wept because I feel like who who somebody should be taking responsibility for this. And although a judge, and I'm assuming this judge is likely not the same exact judge that sentenced him, um, 
I, I like to hear that there's some accountability, even if it wasn't your own, ex, you know, exact sentencing. And I could be wrong. Maybe it is the same judge. We don't have that information right here. But there's something just knowing that something or somebody in this whole system that put this man away for 17 years for no reason is feeling bad badly about that. Does that make sense, what I'm trying to say? Yeah, and, like, listen, going back to the beginning of the story of Kevin hitting his wife with the key, like, I'm not saying that Kevin is a, is perfect a shining human. egg, a perfect human being, but think about it. He was, he wasted 17 years of his life for a crime he didn't commit in prison, lost his baby, and his wife, who had a terrible brain injury from this guy who had raped her, she was part of the reason that he was put in jail. So he literally lost... Everything. Everything. Every single thing. Everything. That's right. Yeah. Well, authorities released Kevin with, are you ready for this? $200 in his pocket. Mm. In February of 1997, Kevin was awarded $10,000 in compensation by the state of California. Oh, okay, 17 years of your life for 10 grand. 10, 10 grand. Okay. Is that a great deal? I don't know. Well, two years later, in October of 1999, Kevin was awarded an additional $620,000 for the time he spent wrongfully incarcerated. Still not enough, no. but certainly better than ten grand. I mean, are you fucking kidding me? Like, at least in 1999, maybe you could do the conversion as I'm finishing this up. Okay. What is $620,000 in 1999 dollars yeah. today? You know what I mean? Yep, inflation. Um, but I also want to just mention, there are some states, and we've, I've said this before recently, some states will award you $1 million per one year, year served. And I feel like that there has to be a standard for this. If you walk out of jail after serving 17 wrongfully convicted years with $200 and then later get $10,000, that's not even remotely enough to even set up a, a, a living situation for or yourself. get a car. Yeah. Or like, or anything. I'm going to look up well, the the. As the you difference. do that, I'll, I'll wrap this up here. Gerald began trial in 1997 and at no point disputed his guilt in any of the attacks. In 1999, Gerald was found guilty of the serial murders as well as the attack on Diana Green and was sentenced to death by legal injection. Gerald is currently residing in San Quentin State Prison where, where he awaits execution. Now, Kevin is now a free man and spends a lot of his time sharing his story in the hopes of preventing other innocent people from spending years of their life in prison. Again, listen to our NMR uh, to have a real-life case about this. But he lectures at law schools and legal conventions where he urges up-and-coming attorneys and members of law enforcement to focus on the facts of the cases they take and rely primarily on actual evidence rather than keeping track of conviction rates. This is so fucking important. You know, and, you know, police budgets and courts, they get to keep the state funding if they get a certain number of convictions a year, but that incentivizes convictions, not mm -hmm. incentivizing the right convictions. And so that's a problem. He is adamant that he doesn't blame Diana for what happened, stating, quote, there was a lot of people who helped her regain her memory in a way that fit their needs. Which is such an interesting line, right? Because they were able to they pull enough told her. and they, they, they pulled her. enough information out of her to make it seem like he was probably this terrible human being. Who, and by the way, maybe he is. We don't even know all those details. Right. But, but we know that he didn't. He do didn't this. kill and rape her. Exactly. Right. So it's just very disturbing. And I looked it up and it turns out that six hundred and twenty thousand almost a million was about a million one million forty six thousand dollars today. Still. Nowhere near enough. 17 years of his life. I <sighs> mean, I'm not saying it's chump change. The but, prime of his life. It's certainly better than 10 grand, yeah. but 17 years, I mean, yeah. that's your entire adolescence. It's crazy. Um, really disturbing story, but it's an interesting one nonetheless. It makes you wonder about how many other people are probably sitting in jail without DNA testing. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say is 
who who was who were the the lawyers and the people on his team like why were they not pushing to get that dna done early on maybe well, it wasn't available if, like, at trial but like in the next five ten years because they did try to appeal his conviction so like we don't know enough of the details to find out yeah. if they just couldn't do it. But the fact that like no one would even award this man without any actual evidence that he was sitting in jail. I mean, that's the thing. It's like there was no evidence to convict him. Sure, there was no other evidence to maybe not exonerate him. But there was no evidence to convict him right. at all. And they just wanted to get that conviction right down. So talk about someone who's really like putting his life around for the better. I mean, regardless of what we think about him and who knows, even if he did hit her with keys, we're not sure that's not a coach statement in order from the cops to kind of mm -hmm. paint this picture for jurors. This guy's a bad guy. Right. He's taken his life and now he's helping other people not get through the same madness that he was helped, gotten through. So that yeah. has to say something about someone's character, in my opinion. I agree. And then I just think again, that not to harp on the Golden State Killer thing, but maybe there's even a thing where they're like, uh, Maybe this guy's the Golden State Killer, and if we put him away, they'll stop happening. Right. You know, like right. I feel like they're willing to. Make, there might have been calculated risk at that time in in history because everyone was scared for their lives, especially in Southern I California. Agree. You know. I don't doubt that at all. Yeah. Like, I yeah, I don't doubt that at all. Well, let us know what you thought about this week's episode. Hit us up at Jay Thrasher at Carpe Darren on Twitter, Instagram. You can hit us up on our Facebook group, and of course, if you're a Patreon listener. Uh, you can direct message us and we'll respond to you there right away. Darren, let's yes. change the vibes just a touch and get into our listener shout outs. Sure. Anjali in our Facebook group has a question you were excited to answer, John. <laughs> oh, yeah. She says, okay, I know our little radish family all have the cutest pets around, right? I mean, duh. Can someone please recommend a good pet hair vacuum? We just dog sit for my sister-in-law, and I swear her dog is just a cloud of hair. P.S. <laughs> white fur plus dark floor is anxiety-inducing. Anjali, uh, uh, white hair, I just in all black all the time. So <laughs> I get this anxiety. Yeah. I will say what I've used, but John, yes. please. Well, here's the thing. I don't have pets, but I did just buy this weekend a new vacuum. Now, if you remember from Martinis and Murder Days, if you're an old an old time listener, an old folk at this point, yeah. I'm obsessed with my Roomba. It right. is it's my favorite thing. And I love my Roomba still, but but and I and it's great for um routine. It's great. It's great doing the work when you don't want When you to. don't want to do it. Right, exactly. Great point. But I really kind of wanted to do some deep cleaning. I wanted to get into certain spots. And like Roomba's great, by the way. It's it's fantastic. And I do recommend that as your uh as some, for as some, as a vacuum for pet hair because a lot of my friends including my best friends who have a, who have dogs who shed they love their Roomba because it'll just pick up all the hair they don't have to think about it twice a week whatever i just bought a Tyneco handheld rechargeable vacuum life changer really totally because you were so used to these heavy cord corded vacuums but like technology yeah. has changed and it also turns into a handheld, so you can detach, add a thing, boom, you got a handheld, which is so nice for the corners, okay? Yeah. Anyway. No, that's true. My yeah. my housekeeper, um, I had this vacuum from long ago, had a cord with it and everything. It was a really good vacuum, but it just had a cord. And, like, I do have a bigger apartment. And so one day I looked at her and I was like, you know, I just see her, like, fucking lassoing the cord around the house. And I was like, <laughs> is there a better vacuum to get? And she was like, I didn't want to say anything. 
but you're my only client that doesn't have this one type of vacuum. Oh. And I was like, the only, only client? client? I was like, I cannot be shamed. I cannot be shamed. You can't be vacuum like, shamed. Like, if Wednesdays are wearing pink, I'm wearing pink. So I was like, well, what vacuum is it? And she was like, it's the Dyson. And it's this Dyson, like, handheld. You recharge it. No cord. And we have a mutual friend who introduced me to my housekeeper, mm-hmm. Danuta. And she was like, Melissa's mom got it for her for Christmas. <laughs> and so I immediately, this was like in November, I immediately text my mom. I go, Mom, you got to buy me this vacuum for Christmas. I'm telling you. It is, it is a little bit of an expense. It's like $400. I saw the so Dyson ex- one. And I was like, do I need to spend 400 if I already have a Roomba? No, I know. Yeah, it is great. And I have a Roomba as well. It's obviously yeah. a little bit pricier, but it's a good investment for in sure. terms of like, it is amazing and you can hang it up on your, like we hung it up on our wall. Yeah. So it doesn't take any floor, floor space. space. There's no yeah. cord. There's no nothing. She's obsessed with it. Yep. Thanks, mom. Amazing. Yeah. Look at us giving vacuum. By the way, Tyneco, Dyson, if you guys want to sponsor us, let us know. Hey, Ben. You yes. Know. Clean up our Taco Bell. Also sponsor exactly. us. Exactly. Also sponsor yeah. us. Um, Claudia in our Facebook group says, quote, I just came to say that I love the F board. Thank you for the laughs, mom and dad. John Thrasher also still listening and loving martinis and murder. You guys are simply the best. Well, thank you for being listening. Best. You know what's Better so... Better than all the rest. Darren, let me just tell you something. Better before the show... Anyone. Before the show, I thought, should I make this a sound? And this is what I did. <laughs> should I make it a soundboard thing? Yes. Every time I say something great, that's... I'll just pl- press that press that for you. It's okay. our new take a drink. Take it's Yeah, that's right. Simply the best. Oh, yeah. Tina Turner's great. Well, Claudia, thank you for that, and thank you for listening to our We did have a lot show. of laughs. We did have a lot of laughs. It was just really fun to sort of add a new element to the show, I think. Yeah. And you just never know when we're going to f***ing talk like that. So it is what you it is. You never know when John's not going to line up to our fucking bleeps. That's right. Yep, 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 yep. yep I yep. may be, there may be a tape delay, but I will get to it. No tape delay, just John. Uh, And we hope you'll join our Patreon group, everyone out there. Bonus videos, episodes, blogs, photos, you name it. It's all happening over there for as little as $5 a month. You can even save extra if you subscribe annually, which is always a big thing. Uh, Very important. We're going to be putting some more episodes on our Patreon. for What? Well... Not only episodes, but Darren and I, we should mention this right right, right now, actually. Do it. So if Exclusive. you're, we, Darren and I have been talking and you guys at the $20 tier who are our super fans, okay, that tier gives you a physical gift once per year. And Darren and I have been talking about what that is. Darren, I'm going to. Yeah. Yeah, Darren yeah. knows. I'm, I'm mimicking on Zoom for what it is. And we're yeah. really, really excited about it because we think. This one's going to be. Good. We just feel like you guys are going to really love it. It's very personalized. We can say that much, I think. But we're not going to give it away. But it's a very personal gift. So, by the way, if you haven't signed up yet for Patreon, now is the time because there's so yes. much fun stuff coming. This is our year. This is our year. This is my... I love Patreon. I mean, obviously, it's great. It keeps our show going. And we love and appreciate that so much. But there's also this element of, like, we get to be creative and fun and do fun stuff for our fans over there. Yeah. And we didn't get to do that with our other show. Like, this is the reason we came off and did our own show. We wanted to give back to you guys more. um, Because we have so much stuff. I mean, just between... 
and fucking ra- and, 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 that. Oh, and oh, radishes oh. and everything you know oh. like it's just a fun time i love our fans we, i love our community it's a lot of fun me as well anyway guys rate review and subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast that helps us get dis gets desist what am i saying gets, gets get discovered which yeah, is yeah. extremely crucial as we build our show and build our community you're going to find other radishes out there if you review rate and subscribe and speaking of other radishes, we cannot depart you without queen our favorite radish. radish. Queen radish of all. The queen radish herself, Megan. So on three, one, two, three. Thanks, Thanks Megan. Thanks, Megan. You should have bleeped that whole thing. One, two, three. One, two, three. <laughs> exactly. I know. Maybe Megan that's our new is thing. just so <clears throat> that. I wasn't going to I wasn't going to bring this up, but but I think it might be a good time. I was thinking for our listener shout out segment to have Megan intro it and we just press the button and she's like, "And now guys, it's me Megan. It's time for listener shout outs." I just thought it'd be a cute way to oh, include her cute. every week. Yeah. I think that'd be fun and then we can intro Megan by saying, "You simply <laughs> the, the best." All right, guys, we're going to sing our way out of this week's episode, but thank you so much for listening because you know what? You're simply, simply the best. You're better than all. all the rest. That's all I know. That's all That's I know. That's all we got. Yep. We love you. Love you. Love you.